Welcome to Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you'll hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. I'm your host, Marilyn Germain. In this episode, we speak with Javier Ibenes Padilla, co-founder and business and operations director at the company Wildom, which helps U.S. tech companies find developers in Latin America. They do so through a web-based platform that quickly connects companies and talent. Javier is going to talk about establishing more social interactions while working remotely. Welcome, Javier. Thank you, Marie, very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be talking to you today. Javier, do we have any data about the percentage of U.S. workers who worked remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic and how many of them will continue to work remotely? Now, we know that some major companies like IBM or Apple are now planning on getting most of their employees back into the office. There has been a monumental shift to work from home. The percentage was high among most of the industries and even higher in the tech industry, I would say. In some cases, even tech companies had already implemented work from home prior to the pandemic and were even more prepared to work from home. I recall a conversation I had with a senior executive a couple of weeks ago from a top U.S. consulting company with hundreds of thousands of employees. And he was mentioning to me that 90% of their staff work from home during the pandemic. And the other 10% who went to the office or work on site were teams specially dedicated to government projects who, due to security issues, they, they could not work from home. Then I would like to add, Marie, that it's very interesting, this question, because what happens in the U.S., can also be replicated to other countries in the region and some other countries in the world. Percentage has been very, very high. And regarding the second part of the question, how many will continue to work remotely? I think that's a, a very good question. It's, it's a, very interesting. Um, there's no doubt leaders nowadays after the pandemic are convinced about uh, productivity gains and everything that has been achieved because of the remote work. But we also have many leaders who are not thinking about giving up their office space or having their teams working on site. So we see a very interesting conversation going on among U.S. executives and employers and employees trying to converge around what the post-pandemic future looks like. And probably it has a much more flexibility than what we had prior to the pandemic. Now, in your field of developers, I assume that a lot of your employees were already working remotely, even prior to COVID, correct? That's correct. And I would say that was a huge advantage for the industry and for Wildom itself, because in a sense, we were very well prepared without knowing, of course, uh, what the pandemic was going to bring and the length and the depth of the pandemic. So pretty much for us was a kind of business as usual. 
So you're well-placed to talk about how to increase social interactions among workers overall, those who work remotely. How do you think the lack of in-person social interactions affect remote workers? Although remote work has been mainly a success for both the employees and the employers in many ways, the lack of in-person social interactions has had some negative sides for workers also. So it hasn't been all positive effects at all. So some um, negative effects we can mention as example, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is team performance expectations. The world was not prepared for this pandemic in any way. And leaders and managers were not prepared for having teams uh, working remotely. They were, and they, they still are. And you can see uh, supervisors or team leaders who are not experienced with managing a remote team. And some even think, or maybe they have an old a paradigm or some structures that uh, if they don't see the, the people working, uh, maybe they, they doubt of their commitment or, or work or, or performance. So it's a really a challenge, a constant challenge for some employees in specific uh, industries. I, I wouldn't say that this happens to all the industries or all the companies, but we have seen this in, in some cases that employees are constantly trying to explain or prove or justify what they are doing or how they are being productive. Prior to the pandemic, maybe having the people on time were at the office, it was like a, something that some supervisors really enjoy. And without that, things have get a bit more complicated for those kind of, of leaders. Of course, they have to adapt. Of course, they have to grow and, and learn the, the new world. The second example I would like to mention is about that sometimes also can be very negative is the trouble managing the time that employees spend focused on their work. Uh, working from home, working remotely have brought wider distractions and distractions have been amplified with other family members, with household errands, uh, cleaning, washing dishes, uh, feeding your pet, doing laundry. That of course, everybody does it at some point. It's part of everybody's personal life. But working from home has basically combined all those activities on during the day, and it's very easy to get uh, sidetracked. Last but not least, and this is one of the, I would say, the one that we really have to pay attention, um, is the, the work and personal life balance that many times it's compromised. With no commute or, or leaving your house to go to the office, it can be really hard to separate uh, your work and your personal life. So if you have a Wi-Fi at your house and you are connected because all your devices are connected to the Wi-Fi, then Slack messages are coming in, emails are coming in, and you end up pretty much working longer hours or not making a real differentiation between uh, quality time for personal issues and quality time for, for work. 
Do you have any data to support the assertion that workers missed having social interactions while working remotely? Mm, interesting. Um, I read this. Lots of data from, from different industries, different companies, and different parts of the world. I like to see how the individuals behave. And I think most workers during the pandemic felt the, the FOMO. FOMO is an acronym for the fear of missing out. So being at, at the office with a group of, of people brings certain camaraderie through, you know, inside jokes, maybe spontaneous gatherings or, you know, the famous uh, conversations you have close to, to the kitchen or grabbing a, a coffee. And being remotely and not having the possibility to connect in person with other people, it can give the, it may, it, it, it does feel uh, sometimes that you are standing outside the circle. And there's no substitute to being in person, but there are ways that you can maintain connection and feel that you are still part of a team and you are still inside the circle, and technology has had a, a huge impact on that. Since social interactions seem to be so essential for the well-being of all employees, including those working remotely, what do you think HR professionals could do to establish more social interactions among remote workers? I mean, in your field, in development, what do you guys do? That's a, a question that uh, all the leaders must have in their heads right now. I will start defining the right combination of remote and in-person interaction. In my point of view, and since I mentioned previously, I'm based in, in beautiful British Columbia in a wine region. And so the, the right combination is like the, the blend of a good wine. There's no exact recipe on how you will blend the grapes to get a good wine. What I'm trying to explain here is that there will be a right combination for each company, each culture, each industry of what's the exact balance between remote and in-person interactions. Of course, the remote part uh, needs to have uh, certain activities and things done that before the pandemic, this was not even on the table. At Wildom, we really believe in putting the, the person first before the, the professional. So communication for us and uh, real intended communication, person-to-person -person communication, trying to see how that person is doing, performing one-on-one check-ins, establishing quiet working hours, showing appreciation and recognition, has been very, very important. And a couple more things that we think have been very helpful is to acknowledge that pandemic was uh, new for all of us, that all that we have described before in terms of the work and personal balance uh, needs to be acknowledged by the employers. So having a flexible developer project schedule arrangement and knowing that if you have to take your kid somewhere or you have to do something in your house, it's fine. It's part of everybody's life and it's part of, of the project that has to be 
manage and arrange. Also, having project gathering, don't miss too much in terms of in-person interaction. So in each of the countries that we operate, nowadays we operate in 10 countries, in each of the countries that we operate, we have a local office. And the office is at the service of the teams, not vice versa. So each team will define how many times a week they will get together at, at, in the office and work together in person. And there's something that I also like to mention that a 15 or 20 or 25 minute in-person meeting is equal to uh, 100 uh, Zoom calls. The interactions that you build in person really takes much more time and effort to build it uh, remotely. And to finish some of, of the things that we are currently doing, we like to focus on, on events, both physical and, and virtual events, where pain points are tackled and experienced uh, leaders share with other leaders and team members they're experiencing. And this can go through a meetup, through a physical gathering. We have an annual summit um, that teams from all these 10 countries come and, and join us. Last year was in, in Buenos Aires. And it really makes a difference to connect in, in person with people that most of the time you, wor you, you work on, on a daily basis remotely. When you have that personal connection, then communication, everything is more aligned and goes easier by, by the day. Which explains why some large organizations are planning on getting a lot of the workers back to work as they realize that those interactions are actually very valuable. I have a question about what you said earlier regarding making sure that employees who work remotely actually do the work, you know, the monitoring of their work. I actually re recently read an article calling it bossware. And instead of just software, you know, that monitors your work and checks uh, whether it's a camera or keystrokes or whatever, what does your company do to monitor the work of employees who work remotely? That's a very good question. And you, you, these days you find all kinds of different strategies to monitor your, your employees who are working from you don't know where. And um, at Wildom, we believe that the best mechanism for monitoring and control is our culture. Our culture defines what we are and how we do things. And what I'm trying to say is that projects nowadays and success is a teamwork. So that if a team member is not performing or is not doing what he or she is meant to be doing, the, um, the, 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 the team he or she is working on will raise a hand and try to say how things are done. We don't believe in putting a camera in front of the person. We don't believe in tracking how many keys that person pressed during the day. For us, that's not something that is aligned with our culture. We work mainly with other methodologies and those methodologies have some elements like the standard meeting, the, the sprints, uh, different backlogs, that basically you work for a common goal. 
And it's fine if you one day are not feeling well and you feel like taking a nap or you have your, your son or your daughter first day at school and you have to go and, and be there. That's part of life and we believe in that. But we have seen that our people is very productive and still can have a, a very well-balanced personal lifestyle and they are not being controlled through a camera or, or checking in or checking out. So it's based on trust and the productivity as well. I mean, as long as the person does the work they've been asked to do, you don't really care when they do it, how they do it, and how many hours they spend in front of their laptop. Is that correct? Absolutely. I can imagine how maybe automotive industries back in the days when they have the plants building cars, well, they need the workers to check in and check out because there was a process and there was a system. Nowadays, especially after the pandemic, all of that has really changed. Technology has changed things. Internet has changed things. And it's very interesting to see how some companies are born uh, with that DNA already in place, how some companies and industries are adapting and changing, and how some others are really having a hard time adapting to the new normal. Thank you, Javier, for your insights on establishing more social interactions for remote workers and how your company does to monitor uh, or not monitor, for that, for that matter, uh, the work of remote employees. Thank you. Thank you, Marie, very much for having me. It was a, a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you will hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources.